0: brought to you by the game reviews and unified gamers network you're listening to big red potion the podcast that always picks donatello i'm your bodacious host joe galia and with me as always is the most dedicated video game podcaster that i know Sinan Kuba, what time is it right now by you
1: um, first of all, I'm gonna, I gonna—I completely disagree. You just don't know enough video game podcasters. Uh, I know about five. Well, there you go. You're at the top. Hey, that's something. It, it's three o'clock in the morning here, but it's three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but I am perfectly awake because I'm very excited mm. to talk to our to our two guests about a very interesting topic, and that makes me burn with energy. See, I'm really
0: hoping that this late night uh, exhaustion is going to pull some of that filter off. I want raw complete light. <laughs> I want unfiltered, completely uncensored. I want you off the tonight, I've
1: just me. been watching that house episode, I don't know, you don't follow the series, but there's an episode where he gets in touch with his subconscious side via mm. hallucination. I think I'm nearing that state tonight at the moment. Do it. So, you know, maybe I, c- me
0: very- I could... This is going to be a, a big red potion to remember. Let's see. It's been said. Okay. And, speaking of our guests, he is the senior editor and critic extraordinaire for GameCritics.com and is one of the few gamers out there who shares my affection for Bionic Commando. Mr. Brad Galloway, pleasure to finally meet you. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be on the show with you at the same time, and uh, hello everybody else. It's good to be back. And to his virtual left, he is a writer for Game of Crave and PC World, and was once described as Big Red Potion's worst case scenario by Sinan Cuba. How are you, Jared Newman? Good. I want to hear more about that. Uh,
2: <laughs> that what nickname. is
1: this? What, why? Uh, can I never tell you anything in private, Jared? <laughs> no. <laughs> Open Are you going to qualify that boat. statement, or am going to look like a jerk on this show? <laughs> <laughs> Big Red Potions replacement player. Glad to be here.
0: <laughs>
1: I love Jared Newman, and Joe is a jerk. He Carry does. on with the show. Yes,
0: I'm a jerk. It's okay. Don't worry, Jared. It's okay. Everything's fine. So today, our topic is grinding. And not just in the "go kill bucktooth rabbits for XP" sense of the word. In nearly every game, we're asked to run through repeating hallways and kill hundreds, if not thousands, of enemies that look and act exactly the same. While some titles have found ways of cleverly masking this, it still doesn't completely cover the fact that we're asked to do the same things over and over and over again. And that these moments are often there to extend the life of a finite gameplay experience in any way that they can. So. When we were talking about this show beforehand, there was a little confusion about what everyone thought the term grinding really stood for. So I thought it might be good to go around and ask everyone, Mr. Brad Galloway, what do you think of when the term grinding is brought up?
3: Well, when I hear the term grinding, to me it's usually a negative. I mean, I don't hear anybody describe grinding in a very fun sense. Um, and to me, in, in mm. my personal definition is that it refers to uh, a repeated action with the purpose of accumulating some sort of resource, whether that's experience points, gold... Uh, waiting for a random drop or something like that. That's what I think of uh, when I think of grinding.
0: So the traditional RPG sense of the word. Exactly. Okay. What about you, Jared? What do you think? Um, I think grinding, uh,
2: yeah, that's the first thing that jumps to mind is the the traditional RPG sense of the word, but um, I'm pretty sure I've used the word like, you know, the phrase the grind um, to describe Repetition more generally mm. in a game. So, um, you know, I, I think it's, I think a broader definition is,
1: is fair. And that's more in line with what you think, right, Sinan? Um Yeah, I think I, I'm pretty close to what Jared's saying. I, I kind of, uh, I, you know, I think Brad was right, and I think Jared was right. You know, uh, when I think of the grind, I think of World of Warcraft and grinding through levels to, you know, one enemy after the other just to get your experience points. But you, when I think of the grind, I've just been playing. Uh, playing Chrono Trigger on the DS and uh, you know just tapping A to get through enemies and that's you know not to grind a resource like Jar- like Brad was saying that's just to, to progress in the game and get to the next bit so there, there are it's the same kind of thing but it, it is important to make that differentiation.
0: Right right absolutely understood well now that we all kind of know what grinding means or at least to everyone that's here on the pod I'd like to bring up a quote by Mr. Jamie Greasmammer, who's from Bungie Studios, who's the lead designer of Halos 2 and 3. He once described the original Halo as 30 seconds of fun that happened over and over and over and over again. He then went on to say that if you can get 30 seconds of fun out of a game, you could pretty much stretch that out to be an entire game. So,
3: Brad, are you a fan of the Halo series by any chance? Uh, not really, no. I-, I thought the first one was okay, okay. but in-, in general I would say no. Okay. So what do you think about Jamie's design sensibilities? Um, You know, actually, I think that if you boil it down to his most base sense, I do think there's a nugget of truth in that quote. But I think in general, Mm. if every game followed that philosophy, I probably wouldn't be a gamer anymore. Mm. So you don't think, by and large, games kind of follow that path? I think a lot of them do, and I think that's probably why I'm so uh, not impressed with so many games. I mean, I I I take a lot of flack Mm. for being such a harsh reviewer. uh, But you know truth be told I mean I think it doesn't take a lot of imagination to to do what he's saying to stretch that 30 seconds of fun out I mean I think the trick is to originally get that first 30 seconds but truly great games in my opinion do more than that I mean they may have a play off of that 30 seconds they may spin it a few different ways but I don't think you can just put it in a can and replicate it for the length of a, an entire game no I don't
0: I see what about you Jared? Uh,
2: first I think it's kind of ironic that he says that because the library level in Halo was uh, kind of notorious for being this long repetitive thing that was pretty much worthless Um, but I I think there's you know I think there needs to be a second part of the equation which is uh, you have to figure out how to vary that 30 seconds somewhat you can't just have the same 30 seconds over and over Um, and I, I really do think Halo in a way was a victim of that kind of Becoming very repetitive in in all three of the games, uh, it didn't improve over the, the life of the series.
0: Right, right. And what about overall? Do you think what he's saying about most games is true? Um, no, not no. I think there's, I mean, there's just there's just so much
2: room for games to be different that I don't think they they all do. Um, yeah, I just finished No More Heroes 2, and I, you know, I think there was a lot more variation in that game than there was in the first and and. Uh, in some cases, that leaves me wanting a little more. Um, it, it really does depend on the game. So, you know, like I said in Halo, that strategy I
0: don't think worked as well as he'd like to think. Sure. Well, about nine or ten million people would probably disagree with you, but <laughs> I understand where you're coming from. What about you, Sinan? What do you think of Jamie's particular speech here? This is kind of a famous quote. It's made its way around the internet for a couple of years now. Right. I mean, I've.
1: I think it's a very simplistic question. I think that's what we've all kind of agreed on is that you know it doesn't really it's you know to to, to simplify it to that level doesn't really get to the point of, of what we're talking mm. about today I think you know there's there are two perspectives I I've sort of been thinking about listening to Jared and uh, and Brad talk about it like if you think of games as building blocks uh, if you think of you know the Mario as, as it, it's different constituents then it essentially is what he's talking about you know 30 minute, 30 seconds of his different constituents repeated over and over but then again sure. what jared's saying about varying it up and presenting in different ways is completely appropriate to mario you know that game uses these very simplistic building blocks and changes it up so much within a within a um very linear uh, experience um to to actually uh provide variability and uh you know so i think um what interests me about this discussion and and that quote is getting to the heart of what we find what we, what we accept as repetition within video games and what we're, we're prepared to accept as repetition in video games.
0: So you think that there's a certain level that we will accept and once they cross that level that it becomes boring and repetitive and something that most people don't want to play?
1: I'm not sure about a level because I think that, you know, that's subjective but what I would say is that there's certain actions as that as a as a community we've come to accept as uh, being repetitive and not having a problem with it. Like first person shooters are very repetitive uh video games, but we tend to not get too much of a problem with that. We tend to accept them because that there's there's skill involved or whatever. And uh but with something like a, a role playing game, that gets more flack for being repetitive. So um I, I, I maybe that's just again my own subjective interpretation of what I hear from other people, but uh, you know I think they're it, it, maybe they're we're, we're hypocritical about what we accept as uh, repetitive and not repetitive in video games.
0: So you think certain genres kind of get more flack for doing the same things that other genres do? Maybe just because they are a certain type of game.
1: Uh, that's my uh, hypothesis. Possibly. <laughs> we'll see what everyone <laughs> says and how quickly it gets disputed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um okay, uh Brad or Jared, just do you guys agree with him? Do you think that you know what's more acceptable in a first person shooter is less so in say a platformer or a role playing game
3: If I could jump in on this, I think I basically agree with what Sanan is saying. um, I think one thing to kind of take into consideration is the amount of raw time a person has to put into a game before they complete it, or how long is is what defined as a as a pleasurable playing experience i mean with first person shooters. Uh, you know, it's pretty rare that they're more than, you know, 10 or 15 hours. I mean, at the outside, unless you're talking about the multiplayer, if you're just looking at the single-player campaign, you know, they tend to be pretty short. And when you look at the average uh, RPG, I mean, we're talking 30, 40 hours. So in in that sense, uh, an FPS developer can get away with more repetition because they're asking the player to do less overall, uh, less of a time commitment of doing the same action. Um, And and as well, I think it's also possible I may be wrong on this, but I think just off the top of my head, it might be easier for developers of action genres to change up their formula by adding new types of enemies, you know, different kinds of jumping, different kinds of level design, uh, than it would be for an RPG developer to change the base of what they have. I mean, when you play an RPG, in my experience anyway, if you play for maybe the first four to six hours, you've essentially seen everything you're going to see for the rest of the game, with only very minute variations. Whereas if you go to an FPS or, you know, something more, uh, a third-person action, there's always like a brand new world, uh, you know, brand new enemies that have you know a, a pretty different spin on the actual gameplay. So I think uh, RPG developers have a little bit uh, more of a hill to climb when it comes to adding more variation, and because of that, I think that they tend to feel like more of a grind than something that you know theoretically may be just as repetitive.
2: Yeah, I I, I, I would agree with that. I mean, I think um I mean I'm I'm more of an action gamer than an RPG player, and um, I, I think especially with it seems like with turn-based games, there's just not, you know, there isn't really a lot of room, it's kind of, that's, that's what it is, that's the engine, is trading back and forth these attacks, um, whereas, like Brad said, you know, you can add new enemies, you can sort of change the environment, um, but maybe that's my ignorance as, as somebody who doesn't play that many
1: RPGs. I think that's valid, right. to be honest. Uh, you know, I, I think there's, another big part of it is atmosphere. Uh, it's far easier to create atmosphere to to invoke that sense of changing su- scenery in a, in a first-person shooter than it is in an RPG. Um, and again, that is linked to what Brad's saying about its protracted length. Uh, you just you know imagine if you had all the change-ups in a in an RPG that, uh, that were there in a first-person shooter, it'd be ridiculous. It would just be this constantly evolving game. So it just it doesn't quite work that way for RPGs.
0: Do you think it's fair to expect that out of a game? Do you think that a certain level of grind, like within that actual level, there is grinding present, like in any game, God of War, for instance, uh, you know, every level will kind of be in a new environment, a new area, new enemies, that type of thing. But within that actual level itself, you're basically killing two to three hundred of the same guys, same two or three guys. Do you think that people just kind of look past that, it's okay in an action game to do that basically because it has to be of a certain length, whereas an RPG, if they kept throwing the same rabbit at you two to three hundred times and you had to keep killing that over and over, it would be completely unacceptable. Do you think that it's okay that basically the same actions in two different types of genres, two different types of games is, you know, there's a different reaction to that? Do you think that's, that's acceptable to look at one game and say it's okay here and it's not okay in a different game of a different type? Um. I don't think I don't really think it's okay
2: in first-person shooters, and I think a lot of first-person shooters, uh, you know, fall into a trap. Even ones that are well received. You know, you said a lot of people disagree with me about Halo, and the thing is, you know, Halo did nail that thirty seconds. Uh, in Call of Duty, uh, you know, Modern Warfare two nailed that thirty seconds. Uh, Killzone two kind of nailed it with, you know, just the, the whole shock and awe visual appeal of it um but they all kind of suffer um you know you can add new weapons or whatever but it takes a i think it takes a really skilled craftsmanship with a uh, first person shooter to to avoid the grind um I that probably doesn't really answer your question very well um so but you know I, I i don't you know you you asked if it's okay to differentiate and i don't necessarily differentiate
3: hmm. I, if I could kind of add, I mean, I do I do agree that I don't think grinding, obvious negative feeling grinding, is okay in any genre. So I, I certainly don't think that that in itself is something that, as gamers, we should just be okay with or tolerate. But I think something that makes a real difference, um, besides the simple fact of the genre that a game is in, is the implementation of what the gameplay is like and, and the interface. For example, like you mentioned, God of War, uh, where you'd be killing the same harpy over and over, like groups of them or the same imps or something like that. But because of the action-oriented nature of gameplay, I mean, the player has moment-to-moment differentiation in terms of what combos they choose to do, whether they choose to fight or run, uh, you know, if they have an immediate goal that they're trying to get to, and so the presence of those enemies kind of gives them some uh, impetus to get where they're going. I mean, there's lots of Mm. moment-to-moment, second-to-second decisions and changes in the formula that happen. So even though Kratos only has X number of moves, um, the way that the player chooses to use them and, and, you know, Uh, gets through each situation is kind of like, you know, minute variations, and so it doesn't quite feel like the exact same thing over and over, whereas, you know, compared to something like a traditional JRPG, and I really, you know, I don't mean to keep harping on JRPGs, but unfortunately they are probably the guiltiest of all genres. Um, You know, if your party's on the right side and the enemies are on the left side and you see the same rabbit or the same ogre, I mean, you're basically clicking menus and you're doing the same thing over and over, and it's, it's, there's not really a lot of variation. I mean, you may heal one time. You may, you know, defend the next time or something. But in in general, it's kind of you're just going through the motions. Uh, And so I think that you don't get the same kind of, um, you know, I guess, grinding amnesia that would be induced by something more action-oriented.
2: At the same time, though, I mean, an RPG kind of benefits from having a little depth, Um, you know, beyond beyond that, that one action sequence. You know, there's a lot more going on. Uh, in terms of the strategy of a battle, whereas a very straightforward first person shooter might simply just require you to kill whatever's in front of you so you know you uh, in the short term it's it's more repetitive and it, it can feel more like grinding with a with an RPG but I think a uh, first person shooter is, is kind of something that 's going to wear down on you um, in the long run um, but also I, th- I think it's worth pointing out at some point that rpg and first person shooter are not really uh not necessarily separate anymore
3: yeah that's pretty too if i could just tag onto that real quick jared i think you do bring up a good point and i think it all depends on the talent and the skill of the developer because i've played you know a hundred hour rpg where i never felt bored and i've played eight hour you know first person shooters where i was tired of it after the first hour and and vice versa i mean I don't think it really is necessarily endemic to any of the genres I think it's all down to how lazy the development team is or how creative they are in in walking the player through those particular challenges they create
0: so Brad you said during the 100 hour RPG that that you were ensconced what do you think what was it about that that kept you going there that say something like you know Years of War, would it, for instance, would not keep you going for eight hours straight. What, what what, in a game can make that kind of acceptable to be doing the same thing over and over again, um, at least to you, what to your personal... Uh,
3: what, what keeps you going? What's your impetus for that kind of thing? And I want to well, know what I game g- that was. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> uh, it, was, it, it was both Persona 3 and Persona 4. I put more than 100 hours into each one of those. Um, and those wow. games definitely have grind. I mean, they, they do. I mean, it's, it's very clear to anyone who plays those games that you're going to be doing a lot of repetitive actions, for a pretty long period of time. Uh, But I think that the developers of those games are actually really talented uh, for a number of reasons. I mean, number one, they do a great job of implementing that situational change-up that I kind of alluded to earlier, where each battle kind of plays out differently um, depending on who you have and the uh, elemental affinities and weaknesses. I mean, there's a lot of very complex things going on in what could have been a very traditional turn-based combat system, but instead it ends up being very fast and very action oriented and you really have to kind of pay attention. So I think it really benefits um, from that design. Also, I think that the Persona games in particular benefit from having really strong characters and story if uh, the player is into that kind of thing. So having an overall kind of goal really kind of um, take some of the edge off of having to get through some of the grinding. I mean, if you're always thinking, oh, if I can just get to the end of this dungeon, I can find out what happens to so-and-so. Or if I can get to this place then I'll be able to get past and and see who the killer was or something like that. I mean, So it's not only the situational change-up, but it's also having the overarching impetus of, of, of keeping you going. Like, you've really got something that you feel like is worth working for. And it's extremely rare that I will put that kind of time into any kind of game. I mean, I think the Persona games are the only games that I do it for. So it's not... A very common thing, but I think those games in particular are pretty outstanding and and a good example of taking grind and making it relatively pain free
1: i think I think what brad's saying is is important, and it kind of brings up two points I, I wanted to talk about. The first was going back to what you said at the beginning of that question, Joe, about you know just two hundred enemies in a row that it is important to note that just because you're repeating that action killing one enemy in a row doesn't mean that as a sum of, you know if you look at it as as some of those of its parts, you know, the the action of killing those two hundred enemies. There's a challenge inherent in that. That in itself is its own event. Uh you know, you ha- to to get through those two hundred ev- enemies is gonna take something out of you, it's gonna present a challenge. That's maybe at you know, at hundred and fifty you'll be near death. Uh mm. which it just wouldn't work if it was just one. I mean I know that's a bit of a simplification, and an obvious point, but I, I think it's worth mentioning, especially in relation to RPGs, which, you know, are again, if you just had one battle separating each story, just that that doesn't work either, so what do you do?
0: Okay, so so the kind of the the, the thing that both Brad and kinda Sanan brought up there was, was was in a way masking and also the other features of the game kind of can play into it, like as, as Sanan said, you know, you have to worry about your health, you have to worry about this, you have to worry about that. Brad was talking about before about how in God of War you have all these combos to juggle, all these other things to think about. So all that stuff is okay. But then see I don't who here has played Borderlands? I have i played a little bit. I have. Okay. Because that game itself is basically grinding the game. There's really not much else to it. Um, And there's no worry of death in that game. You can just come right back. You lose a little bit of, I believe it is money, and that's pretty much it. Um, The whole goal, basically, is just to keep killing the same creatures over and over and over again to build up your level and to get new weapons. And of course, all you do with the new level and that new weapons is go kill more guys that look pretty much the same as the ones before it. Um, given what you've all said so far on this show, I would really be interested in finding out what you all thought of Borderlands and how you thought that that game, which essentially is a $60 grinding experience, um, how that game handled what it was delivering to people.
2: Um, I, I have the sneaking suspicion that, or like paranoia that I didn't give Borderlands a fair shake because everybody loves it. Um, I put about three or four hours into it and it sent it back through Gamefly because I just wasn't really interested in, in going on. Um, you know, I'd heard that it gets better, you get new weapons and whatnot, but I, I had the experience that Joe described, which is running out into the desert and killing a bunch of things that look alike for hours and hours and... You know, no real end in sight to any to that, no promise of anything different. So, uh, yeah, that
0: I I wasn't really that interested in continuing that. So you didn't really get captured by that at all. There was nothing in that game that kind of appealed to you.
2: No, I mean, and that's that's the thing. I'm like, what? I Maybe there's some really awesome weapons, or I heard the story's not that good. So I know it's not the story. Um, there basically the weapons. Isn't one. Yeah. So is it the weapons or? something it's got to be the
1: weapons right because that's what
0: everybody really likes um yeah that's that's definitely part of it so and you you enjoyed it quite a bit
1: right yeah i really enjoyed it um but at the same time when we talked about it on our end of the year show i de- described it as incredibly repetitive and this is kind of where i'm getting out of this whole discussion why was i able to accept it with this you know that that had an rpg length uh borderlands it was mm. it was 30 hours to complete it and uh mm. actually the shooting was very repetitive um uh, the environment was very repetitive. The enemies were very repetitive, and yet I was able to accept it because I just got some kind of kick out of the shooting galaxy I just thought they they were implemented to a very good standard for an open world uh, first person shooter, which surprised me and kept me interested. And for some reason, I, I was able to accept doing the same thing pretty much for thirty hours, and I, that. That confuses me a lot, which is why I want to talk about <laughs> it with you guys. Get through it. We're, we're here to discussion. help you. Yeah, it. exactly.
0: <laughs> so you can't even put your finger on exactly what it was in Borderlands that, that appealed to you? No,
1: I couldn't. And that's why when uh, I think it was Eddie who brought it up as one of his five choices, I said I really enjoyed it, but I can't put it forward as one of the best games of last year because if I was being cri- you know, objectively critical, I'd have to describe it as an incredibly repetitive <laughs> What about you, Brad? What did you think of
3: Borderlands? Uh, I hated it, pretty much. I gave it one of the lowest reviews <laughs> on the net, and I took a ton of heat um, for my review of it. But honestly, I thought the game just flat out sucked. Um, it, the grind was wow. perfectly just overt. I mean, they didn't make any concessions uh, to really kind of mask it at all. Uh, you know, like Sinan said, I mean, the, the environments were totally repetitive. The enemies were totally repetitive. The action was totally repetitive. The story sucked. I didn't like the way that the quests were set up. I mean, I just everything about it to me was totally painful and tedious and uninteresting and I I got like zero enjoyment out of it. I think I put I think I put about 8 hours solo and about 4 hours multi. Uh so about 12 hours total and by that time I was just well and truly just ready to be done with it. So I got rid of it. And oddly enough, I had a friend say, well, it doesn't get good until hour 13. You should have hung in there. And it's, <laughs> you know, okay, no. I'm, I'm going to call BS on that because, I, you know, it's very rare that I will give a game 12 hours if I'm not enjoying it. I mean, I just, my time is so limited and I have so many other things to do with my life that I can't really justify spending that much time on something that is not rewarding in any way. Um, and I have a sneaking suspicion that it's really popular because uh, of the multiplayer. I mean, I don't know about you, Sinan or anybody else, but... Um, you know, I, like I said, I played multi for four hours. To me, it didn't it didn't improve the experience. But most of the people I talked to who liked it was solely based on the multi experience. And to me, if you need other people to make your game fun, then you've kind of got some problems there.
1: Well, thank God I don't have problems because that's not what occurred to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because you know, obviously, Brad, you're not a big RPG, and I'm guessing you're not a big World of Warcraft fan. Either or anything. No, no, like no. Okay, so I, I have a long history of, of with MMORPGs. RPGs. I've played World of Warcraft, EverQuest, two, Final Fantasy eleven, and I used to play those games pretty much solo for most of the time. You know, I didn't really enjoy getting into groups all that much. I didn't, I didn't get much out of uh, doing those big raids, but I, I liked the grind of those games. And uh, I, like I've said already, I, I don't know why, um, and I think Borderlands tapped into that. It the the, the uh, I guess it's Diablo too humanist to human esque like RPG elements in that game did suck me in quite a lot actually. I got into finding new stuff and up, uh, you know, upgrading my weapons, getting the best possible uh uh gear set up and all that kind of stuff, which shouldn't sustain a game for thirty hours. And yes it did. So uh, I am so you, bamboozled. You, you enjoy the act of acquiring resources. Yes. I, I do. I, I'd like. It. I like collect quests. I'm one of those stupid idiots who do. How? Because there isn't a. There I, is a as stupid as it is as much as put, you know. Actually, I think you can understand it, Joe. As someone who's a gamer score whore. There is something. <laughs> there is something <laughs> he in he the achievements. Has... I just want to say something, and this is off topic, but Kotaku did a story about the the
2: girl that has two hundred thousand gamer score points. Did anybody see that? No.
0: <laughs> no. Okay.
2: It was a, it was like a profile of a girl who was pursuing. 200,000 gamer score points and everybody, was, it was like this whole chronicle of how she doesn't have, you know, any other life, she's totally obsessed and then I look at Joe's gamer score and it's like something, <laughs> something comparable and, <laughs> so,
0: I, don't know. Um, I happen that... to enjoy <laughs> games like Rogue Warrior and <laughs> okay. if I get points while I play that then that's just a bonus Did you get Avatar?
1: Right. Did you get the thousand points of that?
0: Someone may have brought it over my house at one point and maybe I used it, but that's pretty much it. I have not played High School Musical or Hannah Montana. Okay,
1: but to bring us back on topic, like okay, what do you? What do you <laughs> no, because I think it's 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 completely irrelevant. What do you get, Joe, out of getting Gamer score points? Because essentially, a lot of them are quite grindy type activities. Sure.
0: See, it's not. I'm, I know I'm going to be a complete hypocrite in saying this, but to me, it's not the actual number. I just get a kick out of having extra goals in each game that I play. Like, I look at the list before I play a game, like I'm playing Dante's Inferno now, I looked at the entire list before I played the game and I said, well, in this level I have to try and do this, in addition to going through and killing all these guys and getting to the end. I have to try and kill this many guys with this weapon so that I can get this achievement point. Uh, and in games like Borderlands, actually, I've been playing that recently also, and yeah, that game, I, I kind of looked at the achievements, I said, well, I have to get a certain amount of kills with the fire weapons, so I have to make sure I find one of those and use it enough times to get that achievement, and I have to push this button this many times. It's, it's kind of a, I don't know, I have kind of a completionist thing, I like to kind of do everything in most of my games, the ones that I like. And uh, having the, the points there to tell me, well, you know, you could also do this, and we'll give you some points for it. But you know, the actual fun in getting that is the the challenge of doing it and seeing if I could do that, you know, that particular um, that particular motion in a certain level of a certain game. I I get a kick out of that and actually uh, Brad you played Bionic Commando in that game they integrated these challenges into the single player experience that I got a a crazy kick out of it's like kill 20 guys in this level with the rocket launcher or something Um, and you get in game bonuses for that and you get achievement points for that and I think that kind of uh, additional gameplay on top of the regular gameplay is what kept me going in, in a lot of games that I may not have wanted to play anymore
3: yeah, I, I, I totally hear what you're saying. I do think the Bionic Commando system was genius. I'm surprised more uh, games haven't copied that. Uh, but I see that both you guys have, have a point, and I, I do see it as, as different. Um, Joe, like you said, I also uh, read the achievement list, and it kind of gives me those little extra things to shoot for, you know, killing the mm. X number of enemies with this weapon, or, you know, do such-and-such such length of a jump or in a driving game or something like that. So, yeah, it's a little spice uh, to something that may be otherwise uh, a little bland. Um, and, Sinan, I also do... I don't like resource games just for the sake of doing them. Like I don't like MMO style games, but in something like, you know, Diablo or something that's kind of like a dungeon crawler where you get like new loot all the time, like I'm certainly not immune to the lure of getting a +5 sword or getting a new set of boots or something. I mean, I right. think that when it's done right is really fun and that in itself is sometimes enough to keep me going just to see how crazy I can get my character or, you know, how much I can dominate the field. Um but in the specific case of Borderlands, I didn't feel like it did any of that stuff right. So I just <laughs> I wanted to throw that out there and say that, you know, I don't want people to come back and say, well, you don't like the loot or you don't like the grind. Well, if it's done right, I do. But I, I didn't think anything was done right about Borderlands. So, anyway.
1: Fair enough. I mean, I, I, I'll i actually disagree with you there, Brad. And I, I think it's not all that different. Um, I think that, you know, you, if you ignore the length of the activities and what you get out of it, you're still doing something to get satisfaction from doing it and i know that again simplifies it really to its core but what i'm saying is you're still going through something you wouldn't normally do to get the satisfaction of having done it um or something that you if you if there wasn't that goal there you'd look at it and say this is a repetitive thing that you're doing why are you doing it um so i I, regardless of the goals and the lengths involved i think it is the same kind of just that that sense of achievement from having done something having completed something I think you know it's a lot of uh, I don't know you know a lot of games are quite repetitive and we complete them regardless of it because we want to complete the game uh, and we, we we, you know I get bored of some games at the 8 hour mark Uh you know, say it's a 10 hour game I get bored of the 8 hour mark but I just pursued the last 2 hours because I want to have completed that game I think there's video games have con- kind of conditioned us to kind of work that way we've, we've played a lot of very repetitive games in our lives we're kind of used to this and uh, so we maybe we forgive it so that we can get to the end
3: it, it seems to me like it's kind of a balancing act though uh, because it's it's kind of like on the one hand if something's painful and boring to play does that pain and boredom outweigh the pleasure that you would get of seeing the next level or of seeing credits roll I mean to me I'm constantly balancing that you know because like you said many many games are repetitive. Very few developers, I think, have the creative resources to really craft uh, a unique experience from front to back. So, you know, everybody who plays games, uh, and not just games, I mean, with with any kind of media or hobby, there's always some kind of repetition involved. Uh, But it's like, you know, does it err more on the side of grinding than it does on the side of discovery? I mean, you know, like in the case of something like Final Fantasy XII, I started playing that earlier. Um, I had to, unfortunately, put it on hold uh, to take care of some other review responsibilities. Uh, But I think, in general, it wasn't the kind of game that I would play, and yet I found the story interesting enough that it kind of outweighed the grindingness of the gameplay. So in that case, I was motivated to keep going. Uh, But if the game's story wasn't as strong as it was, I think I probably would have bailed and just been done with it in total. So I think probably it's up to each player as to what they particularly get out of each game. I mean, you know, like in Borderlands, for example, I mean, if, if the guns were exciting to you, that might be a good enough uh, reason to keep going, and I w- I wouldn't fault you th- for that at all. Uh, whereas for me, I didn't get enough enjoyment out of that, and so it felt more painful and more dull, and I didn't have that same uh, you know incentive to keep going.
1: We talk about pacing in in relation to uh, television and movies, and we find it kind of awkward to talk about pacing in video games. Like I I one guy's pacing is much different from another's because games are just so much longer. Um, but it you know say something like a. Uh, Valkyria Chronicles, which I've just played. Okay, the story is mostly trash, but the pacing of how that story is laid out is pretty good, and how those levels play out in terms of time is pretty good. And Final Fantasy games are pretty strong in pacing. That's one of their their largest, uh, strongest traits. Yes, it actually, you know, people talk about the, you know these long grind experience, but in terms of this story being doled out over over a period of time, like it's it's quite consistent, and it's 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 you know they uh, they do manage to. Protract this story over fifty hours, and yet keep it interesting and engaging. Uh, So, I think you know to dismiss artificially lengthened sequences is is wrong because sometimes that's important to the pacing of a game or a story of a game, to be more specific.
3: I was going to have to call you on that, Sinan, because I think um, I think a lot of I mean I I really hate to keep coming back to JRPGs, but since you brought up Final Fantasy. I would posit that most Final Fantasy games are probably 30 hours longer than they deserve to be. I mean, I've, I've played through, I think, every single one, except I didn't spend any time with Eleven. And in, in the case of every single one of those games, I, I really honestly feel that each one would be better if they shaved 20 hours of repetition off of it. Um, I, do, I do agree that they do, in general, have a pretty good pace, and I do agree that pace is extremely important in staving off the negative effects of grind, um, but at the same time. It just you when you get to play a certain number of those games, you just there just comes this point when you just can't put up with it anymore. And I think I'm past that point. I've played a good number of JRPGs, Final Fantasy and otherwise, and it just becomes so apparent and so clear uh, that you know if they took out the grind, the story would be over in 20 hours, 15, 20 hours uh, in a lot of cases. And honestly, at this phase of my life and my game playing career, I would be totally okay with that. Like at, at this point in my life, I don't really crave. 50 hour games or 100 hour games like I don't feel gypped if my game is less than 50 hours I'm totally fine if a game gets in does what it wants to do and gets out and it's done in 10 hours like I'm cool with that so I mean I I do agree that pacing is good but I still think that especially in the RPG genre they're they're way too guilty of of padding lengths just because I think the fans of that particular genre expect it so I, I would I would disagree that the pacing needs the grind I don't think it does
1: Oops. Whoa! The cops disagree. They're coming to arrest you. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's Los Angeles for you. Uh, that's definitely me. I mean, not me, but you know. Yeah. Um, Sorry. <laughs> Jared, do, do, Jared, do you want to do you want to come in? Um,
2: I'm I'm still I'm I haven't been talking because I'm thinking about this whole thing of we're on the topic of whether grind is acceptable. Um, you know, if there's enough. If there's enough incentive, or if it's like, you know, arranged in a certain way, but does it really make it okay? I'm, I'm trying. I, I it's like I want to ask you, Sinan. Like, did you, did you honestly enjoy playing Borderlands, or did you just enjoy, like, you know, was it, was your joy only from, you know, completing the goals? Because, um, you know, it's, it seems like with grinding, people accept it because it's the goal, and you know, but does the, does the goal validate
1: the journey? Which can be incredibly tedious. I think the, the the like I was saying with the with the God of War the two hundred uh, enemies, and I can't apply this to Borderlands, but I can apply it to Final Fantasy, is that there's the challenge is important too. Just because an, a, the action is repetitive doesn't mean that you're not you have not encountering difficulty in, in in getting through those challenges, uh, and that you don't have to make you know important decisions, uh, good strong choices to get through them. Like uh, Final Fantasy. Um, nine in particular has these moments where you really have to be careful with the the choices you're making, or you're going to get in trouble. Um, and I think to, to not to deflect, I, I kind of <laughs> I've been thinking about what Brad's been saying with regards to Final Fantasy. I think the biggest problem the Final I don't know if you're the one playing Final Fantasy 13. The the, the Final Fantasy games have suffered in, in past is that they really make you notice that there's a grind because they you know each battle is separated by an animation sequence. Final Fantasy 8 was so guilty of making you feel the grind because every uh, boss summon took 20 seconds for this animation just to go okay uh, no right here we go and then you've got another action to go and uh, it was insufferable at times uh, and then Final Fantasy 12 came and it, it actually made a big difference by just making all these uh, battles cohesive in this one in this one world you know just that you didn't have this animation sequence taking you from one battle to another so immediately some of that a big amount of the grind is taken away because it doesn't feel like you're having to go through one thing after another my god every single battle takes two minutes to get through so i feel like um and uh, this is something we talked about with uncharted 2 there are ways you can make people you can reduce the grind without actually reducing the time like Uncharted 2 is full of very repetitive moments but because they have that banter between the characters you don't notice it, you're distracted. Um, and I thought that was a really strong way of actually distracting from some very repetitive platform.
0: The Gamer Game, so
1: Frugal Game and Scrooge Cast TheGamerScene.com I'm Ninja Fat Pigeon Gamer.uk don't need to go anywhere else we have it all here buy your games through frugal gaming and save a significant amount of cash then get down to the communities and play online with friendly and respectful gamers such as those at the Ninja Fab Pigeons to find out more about your games you can check out Gamerdog and the gamer scene, where news and discussion will keep you well informed and for those who like to dig deep there's Big Red Potion where you can get some serious and in-depth analysis of the games that you love
2: I think you stumbled on something else which is um Challenge, which you know, I guess I didn't really think about it before, but now that you mention it, is is huge for staving off you know the grindy feeling. Just when I think about all the times where I've been bored uh, trying to get through a section of the game, it's because the game has ceased to, to do anything new to challenge me. Um, you know, it, it's. Um, I want to talk about Demon Souls. Did I, did anybody play Demon Souls? Oh sure. No. Somebody okay, yeah, um, I did Jared uh, that game is incredibly difficult um and the the first the first six hours of the game are basically spent dying um and and that's that's a challenge and you know and you you keep doing it because it's challenging and you want to continue, and then later in the game you you actually do start doing a considerable amount of grinding in the very traditional sense you you go out. Uh, looking for, you know, trying to repeatedly kill this one, you know, one group of enemies that are particularly rich in souls so that you can go back and use those souls to upgrade yourself and you do that a lot of times and and, um, I liked it uh, because you're going through and you get so determined the game is so difficult and you need need that upgrade so badly that you start thinking, well, you know, this is what I got to do to get myself prepared for this huge battle that I'm, that I'm having, um, and I guess it's kind of an old school thing, it it does go back to, you know, the very traditional grindy RPG, like, Dragon Warrior, go out into the field and kill slimes until you're ready to move on, um, but I think it really worked.
3: Yeah, I would agree with that, I mean, I, uh, I I played through Demon's Souls, and I really enjoyed it, I, I actually awarded it, uh, game of the year last year, so I think it's fair to say that I'm kind of a fan of it. Me too. Um, oh, you too? Oh, cool. Right on. We're on the yeah. same page. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and I th- I think that what you said about the challenge is I- incredibly correct. I mean, the challenge is certainly there, and I also think that the developers did a really great job of building the world, which is something that I believe uh, Sanan mentioned earlier about environment and atmosphere. I mean, the atmosphere in that game is second to none, as far as I'm concerned. So. Yeah. Feeling uh, immersed, feeling engaged in what's going on, feeling like there's a real challenge to be staved off, um, those parts like far uh, outweighed the grinding that you do actually have to do. And I will admit that there were certain parts, like you said, Jared, that uh, I needed to buy a certain you know weapon or I needed to get a certain uh, amount of healing herbs to make it through, and so I would go and hit that group of, of soul-rich enemies. I mean, I think everybody who plays that game does the exact same thing. Uh, but it really doesn't feel painful. It doesn't feel like a grind. I mean, number one, because it goes fairly quickly. And number two, because you're always feeling like, if I just did this one thing, I'm going to get past this part, and it's going to feel so good when I take that boss down, or I'm going to feel like I really had a major achievement when I get through this really tough area. So for me, like the benefits of having um, just that entire game design completely obliterated any negatives from the grind, um, and so I, I can understand certain people having frustration if they weren't able to kind of get past that hump and really honestly I, it seemed to me like a lot of people didn't understand that game which you know is fine i mean not every game is for every player uh, but i think if you're the kind of player who can get into that game it doesn't feel like punishment or boredom or grinding at all and like you said it, it can actually be a fairly uh, a fairly grind heavy game at times
1: i think what brad was saying about one element being enough to distract you from the grind is, is important and we kind of come up with a lot of them and i, I How many of us have played No More Heroes, the first No More Heroes game?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I've played it. I just finished the second one
1: today, actually. Okay. Um, Great. How many of us found the first game really grindy? Yep. Definitely. (laughs) That would be me. (laughs) Yes, sir. Okay, I I think what No More Heroes does is it doesn't have any of those things until you get to those boss battles, any of the things we talked about. There's no challenge uh, until you get to the boss battles. All those endless seas of enemies is just incredibly repetitive. Uh, There's atmosphere, well, you're getting the same music, and uh, I don't mean to dismiss the the Suda's design aesthetics, or whatever. But his environments aren't as exciting as everyone goes on about them being. Um, and there's we have you know things like banter, whatever, other peripheral things to distract you. They're just not there. The 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 kicker for why that game was such a grind for me is because it it really forces you into into this very linear path, which you just cannot get round. So every time you want to get to uh uh a a level or whatever you have to do these jobs and so i've heard people say this this is pseudo commenting on uh video game tropes well that's all good and well but uh i why do i have to play through his boring commentary on video game tropes (laughs) why can't he just write it down and i'll read it and go, yeah you're right rather than make this big statement which means i have to play this game for so long um I, I, I maybe this is me having a rant at No Way which I've wanted to have on this show for a, a few weeks, but you know, I think some that that those there are a lot of games are very guilty of not doing anything to distract us from the grind. Just going, you know, what you're going to get to this point, and you're just going to have to get through it. And I think that that is a uh, at least something to conclude from this discussion that you know there are certain games which really could do more to 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 get past grind and you know uh, like Brad was saying Final Fantasy they they I I you know maybe Brad disagrees with regards to future games but I think they have worked on reducing the grind with those games and you see some you see we're seeing techniques I think and talking about Uncharted to banter but, and then we're seeing feel like No More Heroes I don't know does No More Heroes too like Jared do more to distract from that kind of well, grindy experience
2: it does but first I I want to challenge you on No More Heroes which is you know because you were saying Getting past the grind, there's a, we, we've we've covered a few elements, and I think I think there there is an artistic statement to uh, to the grind in No More Heroes, and it's not I mean it could be a commentary on video game tropes, but I interpreted it differently, which is um, it's sort of life of gamer kind of thing. So you have to do you know you have you have a, you have a job or you have school or you whatever, and you have to get through this thing. You know, you have to grind through this thing in life so that you can go off and be an assassin you know, in a video game. Um, and I think that was the parallel that Suda was trying to make. And th- the fact that the game itself, even when you get into those assassination missions, there's still a grind. Uh, you still have to sort of hack through countless enemies just to get to the boss, which is the really cool part of the game. Um, I think he was trying to make a point there, which is, you know, that we we accept the grind uh, in games uh, it it I wish I could word it better. I th- I think that he's making a comment about how there's a goal-oriented nature to work, just like there is in play. And um, yeah, it was boring. Uh, I agree with that.
3: <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Bottom line, it was boring. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, it was boring, to, uh...
2: but I was the thing. the The point is that it was boring, but I was willing to go through it to get there. You know, to get to right. the the destination. Um, and I, th- I think that
1: was that was a statement he was trying to make I think that's this this is going wildly off topic it would maybe something to come back to in another show um, but you know this goes to what Jim Sterling was talking about with uh, with indie games making statements but not being entertaining talking about the path like you know I think as much as it was a very uh, vicious attack on a certain uh, uh, brand of games a certain genre of games whatever you want to classify indie games as which are not the only ones which are guilty of it um There is a lot of truth to what he's saying that uh, that uh, a lot of games make statements which aren't that fun to play through. (laughs) Well, I had a lot of entertainment. Uh, You know, I was entertained by
2: No More Heroes and um, and yeah, off topic. I don't think that games always have to be fun, which is you know a whole other thing. But to you know to to get back to it, uh, yeah, No More Heroes Two is not as repetitive at all. There are some missions where you just don't even fight anybody. They eradicated the whole you know need to acquire a certain amount of money before you can go on to the next mission so all the things that were grinding and repetitive about the first game uh, are gone but I think also the the message of this of the second game is is a bit different so
1: yeah I'm resisting getting into that discussion with Jared another show
2: Anytime you want to tangle Sinan, I'll <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on. We'll do this yeah. in Borderlands. <laughs> we'll make it happen.
1: What, we, what do you think of all of it, Joe? Because you've, you've been kind of silent on all of this. What, what, what yeah. do you think of the grind and, and what we've been talking about? Honestly, the whole time I've
0: kind of been thinking of why I like Borderlands. Because... My, uh, you know, I didn't grow up on MMOs I didn't grow up, I, I've i never really been into collecting things in games as you said you were Sanan I've never been big on loot or any of that stuff yet Borderlands for some reason I mean we played 2Human together oh, Sanan and I and A I've never, I've never had less fun talking to Sanan than I did when <laughs> we were playing 2Human because it was 3 hours of absolute misery and then he went on to finish the game by himself which you enjoyed it more than me
1: that's fair to say that right? wasn't hard in fairness you really dislike no. that game
0: <laughs> oh that game was terrible yet Borderlands for some reason I'm finding myself intrigued by it and I was thinking about the whole, re- the whole time um, what about that game really kind of got me and I was thinking had, what if they had removed the, the objectives from that game not the objectives but what if they had removed the actual missions from that game what if it was just an open world where you run around you explore you pick up guns you get levels stuff like that I honestly think that I would have played that for 20 minutes and I would have thrown it away do you think you would have kind of accepted that type of game? If they were, like, I think to me the whole appeal is because in that game you're getting eight missions thrown at you at once you have to go down the list, complete, complete complete, you get a certain degree of satisfaction from doing that, do you think that you would be able to play the game if that part of it was removed, if it was literally just the kind of the important stuff, which is the gameplay the, the weapons, the RPG aspects if they'd removed the actual structure for that game do you think it would be playable?
1: No it's, it's, okay. an, I, I, it's an easy no um, mm-hmm. Like sub-objectives are a huge part of any game. I, I don't think you can just apply that to Portland to everything. You need right. to constantly feel like you're working towards something, and if if right. and uh, it has to, I think for most games it has to be the end something no the end of that game and the little mm-hmm. something, the thing you're working on at the ma- at that moment, and that's uh, right. been a tried and tested formula which works for most games.
0: Right. I mean, I, I just found it strange because for me, a lot of open world games, I, I feel that. I feel the repetition more than in many other games. I feel the grind a lot more in, in open world experiences. I just finished Assassin's Creed 2, and I felt it a bit in that game. I felt like, especially in the, the middle sections, it was kind of just making me run the gamut of, hey, you got to run from this place to this place, bring this guy to this guy, that kind of thing, just to extend that experience. And to me, it didn't do a good enough job of masking it. Um, to keep me as intrigued with that game as uh, I, I know a lot of others like our our friend Eddie Inzato absolutely love that game and he totally got into it way more than I did but I felt it did not mask it for me as well as, as many other games have but Borderlands for example I can play that for hours a day never really get bored of it and for some reason I keep going back to it looking forward to playing it more and I'm trying to put my finger on exactly what it is and I think it is that structure I think as long as for me, you know, aside from masking, aside from you know throwing new things at you constantly, I think if it, there's a defined structure in there, if there's a goal for me to achieve, I think I can kind of look past a bit of the grinding aspects and I can kind of push forward um, through something like I did to No More Heroes a few years ago. I kept pushing forward because I wanted to become the number one assassin in the world. And it kind of made it feel worth it, even though a lot of the time when I played that game, I was kind of bored. Um, I guess that's kind of what we're trying to figure out today is what is it about these, these games that kind of keeps us going, despite the sometimes boring uh, aspects of playing them.
3: Well, Joe, if I I can can jump in on that. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, I guess two things really quick. Uh, Number one, I'm totally with you about the grind on Assassin's Creed 2. Both Assassin's Creed games, to me, are really painful. They have great concepts, and I really want to like them. But man, Mm -hmm. they they do not mask the grind at all in those (laughs) games. Um, But no, the the original comment I was going to make was I wanted to kind of uh, compare and contrast Uh, Borderlands and Fallout 3, because before Borderlands hit, a lot of people were saying, oh, well, this is going to be like Fallout, Um, but to me, they maybe are structurally kind of different, because you have like this giant wasteland, you collect a lot of items, there are lots of quests, and so it seems like on paper, the two would be pretty similar, but in practice, I found them to be almost night and day different, in terms of my actual appreciation, and I kind of would ask the rest of you guys what you thought, because for me, Borderlands felt very... Uninteresting. It felt very simplistic. It felt very uninvolving. There was nothing really to captivate my my uh, I don't know my my curiosity. I didn't feel interested in exploring very much. I, there weren't very many characters that I wanted to know more about, um, and the guns weren't enough to keep me into it. Whereas in Fallout 3 um... which technically you know like i said seems like to be almost the same game i was totally enthralled I mean, i played you know tons and tons of hours in that game did all the dlc i mean i loved every minute of it did everything that i could possibly do in the game and i thought it was just so you know uh, engrossing and so fascinating because of the sense of exploration i felt like there was always something new and interesting to discover around every corner I never knew what was going to happen um, you know and, and and to me the challenge level in Fallout was pretty significant at times. I mean, when you got surrounded by mutants and you weren't prepared for it, you had to really scrounge with what you had and, you know, sometimes you escaped by the skin of your teeth and sometimes you didn't. So I think it really, for me, captured all of the elements that really can mask a grind. I mean, even though lots of, uh, of Fallout is grinding, I mean, simply walking from one end of the wasteland to the other is a huge grind, but uh, the variety, I mean, the types of challenges you encounter, the level of surprise, and the level of, of uh, of detail put into that, to me, just I mean, blew Borderlands out of the water. And granted, it's not a one for one comparison by any means, but uh, what do you guys think? I mean, did you guys play Fallout 3? And uh, in, in if so, what did you think, especially in relation to Borderlands?
1: Jared, do you want to go?
0: Sure. Um, see, I think. Fallout 3 is definitely a strange case for me because I, I'd never really been into RPGs all that much, and I picked up Fallout 3 just basically because of the acclaim that it was getting. Uh, as I said, I was never really into collecting or looting or, or really any type of RPG stuff, um, you know, that didn't involve shooting for, for the most part. But uh, I put about 80, or I'm sorry, I put 75 hours into Fallout 3. Um, I beat pretty much everything there was to beat. And I think that the thing in that game that kind of captured me was uh, the world. I think that um, once you leave the vault and once you get a, a a look at the vast openness of that world, and once you venture into the first town of a Megaton and you get to talk to some people, you get to realize that it's it's kind of an experience that you're not going to get anywhere else. And I think in some ways it can be compared to Borderlands because the actual moment-to-moment gameplay of Fallout 3 definitely felt the grind. I mean, I've killed more super mutants than I'd care to remember at this point, but um, I think the the reward in Fallout 3 was much different than it was in Borderlands. Borderlands is pretty much just the loot and your level, whereas in Fallout 3, yes, the, the loot was great, and yes, you you know, the the moving up your level was very satisfying and something that honestly kept me coming back every day. I wanted to get that next level, that next ability, that next you know goal to get. But um, in Fallout 3, of course, there is the story, which Borderlands completely lacks, and, and I thought the story in Fallout 3 is really what kept me coming back from war, and even if I was getting kind of bored of killing the same mutants in the same sewers over and over again, I kept coming back because I wanted to see what was going to happen next in the story. Um, Brad, do you think, you obviously didn't like Borderlands that much, do you think if the story say they took the story from Fallout 3 and they put it into Borderlands, do you think that would have been enough reason for you to go back to Borderlands and actually play it?
3: Yes, I think it would have. Um, I, a story is one thing that I really appreciate, and I think a great story can compensate for a lot of other problems. So If, if everything else was the same in Borderlands, if they had improved the structure and the story and made characters I cared about, I think I probably would have finished it, yes.
1: I think that's a bit of a loaded question, Joe, because really if you're putting the been. story from Fallout 3 into Borderlands and you're making Borderlands Fallout 3 in a lot of respects um, I have no problem with that though Well yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I think it's, it's important to get to the point of why we don't, when you're playing Fallout 3 you don't feel like this big long walk across the wasteland are, uh, are grinds, even if they are grinds, and it's because um, in Fallout 3 I cared about what I was going to find whereas in mm. Borderlands I just cared about getting to the next mission I cared about finishing that objective and getting onto the next objective, if I finish all the objectives I'll get to level 30 and then I'll finish the game, uh, whereas in Fallout 3 I wanted to know what was around that corner I, and uh, this is something Assassin's Creed 2 uh, for me suffered with is it, like it, it, it focused so much on um, making all these variations in the gameplay, giving all these—I've harped on about this so much—but I just want to nail to that point. You know, it, you can vary up the gameplay so much, but if you don't make me really want to explore that world that you're in by 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 little touches, which Fallout Three is full of for a huge game, it's full of very very small uh, touches. Um, you know, little things that you will probably miss if you don't if you don't uh, spend the time to really explore that world, and it makes the experience so much more rewarding.
2: Yeah, I I I didn't think the story in Fallout 3 was that special um, in terms of just the overall, you know, okay, there's an apocalypse and you know there are mutants and there's a there's a you know computer that's controlling it all, Um, but it was like Sinan said, it was the the little touches, the the individual stories, uh, you know, the little the little towns, villages, and people that you could talk to uh, that really made Fallout 3 interesting. So I don't think that you could uh, simply map that onto Borderlands because it would really fundamentally change the game. If you just took the apocalypse story and threw it into Borderlands, I don't think it would have. You know, I don't think it would have made the game any better um, because it just would. You know, it wouldn't have been that much better of a story. It just. You know, I guess it would have had a story, which is nice. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I think I think it's all those little interactions that you can have and borderlands i think that was the other thing that kind of uh, riled me about borderlands is that it, it felt so lifeless um yeah I, you know that you couldn't really interact with anybody and i wanted it to be kind of this this world that you could you know learn more about
1: i listen to you guys and i keep thinking why did i like Borderlands? So <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna deny it i did i'm i'm a sheep <laughs> <laughs> I've been conditioned to think this way. I can't help it.
0: It's okay. At least you're not going to go and play it tomorrow like I am. I'm kind mm-hmm. of excited about
1: going to back to it now. Thinking, let's go back. <laughs> it's, go
0: buy it. I'm playing it tomorrow. Go buy it. Yeah.
1: Uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe there's just different gaming backgrounds. If you grew up with with the with the JRPGs, MMORPGs, you are kind of used to this and accept it. Um, and and see some. I, I I don't know. No, I'm gonna dis- I'm gonna disagree myself. I I get back to what Joe's saying about enjoying Borderlands. He got into it because of the, the achievement side of it, and I think uh, we've quite clearly seen that most gamers get into the achievement side of gaming by the success that Xbox Live has engendered. So there is something that is ingrained into most gamers to to achieve, to win, to beat a game, and I think that can that is probably the the number one factor in why we're accepting of the grind because we like to win. And I know that is again like I've been doing all this show really simplifying it to the point where it's kind of like you're the, you can't really get into into deeper discussion of it but I, I I I think that is like a lot of gamers play video games because you can beat them. Um mm. Uh, the if the I could
3: jump in, Sinan, I think I would probably counter you on this. And I'm sorry, I have to apologize. I feel like I'm always contradicting what you're saying. And it's really nothing personal. I really like you a lot. Um, <laughs> but well, I thank think, you. In, in general. <laughs> I just disagree I with everything you say. That's it. Yeah, everything you say is wrong, but I really like you. Uh, might be the accent, I don't know. Uh, but I think, in general, most people don't finish their games. I think that it's the a teeny tiny minority who actually do bother to finish most of their games. I mean, maybe we are more uh, prone to seeing people finish because, I mean, let's face it, we probably are the hardcore of the hardcore if we're sitting here uh, at nighttime talking about games when we could be doing so many other things. Um, so I think maybe we are probably more inclined to finish games. I mean, I know I am at least. But when you look at people in general, I mean, all the people who, who play Borderlands, I mean, I would be really curious to see how many people actually finished. And I would, I would risk a guess, and I would say that probably not very many did. I think a lot of people jump on it have some really good times with their friends and then leave. I mean, the same thing with a lot of other games. You know, people jump on the multiplayer and and play that and then they don't really finish. Uh, And maybe that's why there is so much grind in certain games because I think developers know that, you know, a large part of their potential audience is not going to bother seeing the game all the way through. So why should they bother to actually create gameplay all the way through? I mean, same thing for the ending. That's exactly why so many uh, opening cinematics are so impressive and mind-blowing and why so many endings suck so hard. Is because developers know that you know a fraction of a fraction of their audience is going to actually see it, so why put out the effort? Uh, I, I think most people don't finish games, and and maybe, maybe if there was less grind, maybe they would. I don't know.
1: I don't disagree with that. I just think that uh, I still maintain my statement that the reason why we accept the grind is that we like to beat games. I'm not saying that we all beat games. I say that I still think that the motivation most of the time for beating the grind is that we like to to finish something maybe we won't see it through because we don't think we can but we would have liked to have done it
2: you can, still, you can still have victories in a game without getting all the way through you can be at a level you, can, you know level right. up uh, yeah
1: so you didn't disagree with me <laughs> 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 in my head I'm Those still disagreeing with you but being played.
0: alright so let's close out tonight's discussion with a simple question which may not be that simple do you guys think that games can exist without a grind at all? Or do you think to the fact that there is interactive in there, do you think that there has to be a certain degree of grinding for the game to even come out or even exist for that matter? And can you think of any games that kind of didn't fall into any grinding traps? It comes back to what
2: uh, you know I said to begin with, which is uh, it depends on the game. And I think there's there's actually a genre of games that we didn't talk about at all that really lends itself to the grind that are really popular that people really love and that is sports games Um, Mm -hmm. and uh, you know you think about something like Madden uh, or you know I got really hooked on fight night round four this year and you have the the metagame where you're progressing through a career um, and it's grindy, it's inherently grindy in the fact that you're playing a game over you're playing a game of football over and over again, you're fighting a a round of boxing over and over again and you do it so many times to get through that season to get through that career Um, but you you like you know you like that you like to get to that goal. Um, you know it's that goal that allures you. Um, so you know I don't I don't think you could really wipe out the grind because um, I think there's just too much too much of, of gaming uh, involves the grind. Um, but that said, when you get to when you when you play a game that is really compelling the whole time and it doesn't feel repetitive, um, it's really great. Uh, as far as examples, I don't know, offhand, um, I don't know, I, 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 I kind of feel like Mass Effect 2 recently didn't didn't really have a lot of grind to it, um, you know, I guess conversation is kind of a grind if you don't really want to hear what people have to say, uh, but hmm. I, you know, I was really into the conversation,
1: which is why I really enjoyed that game, and was really compelled the whole time. If, if I'll go before before Brad, um, just to, to go with Jared's Thing I think uh, the bringing up sports games is really important because uh, sports games inherently have are based on challenge more than anything any other kind of gaming genre. Uh, you know, like I, I, I relentlessly play everybody's golf world tour just so I can better my scores on it. And uh, you know that in one way that's a grind. In another way, every single one counts because I could potentially beat my score. And you know, so there's 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 worth in every attempt to me, even if some other people might disagree um but but to 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 get on onto the idea of maybe a game that doesn't have grinding or a genre that doesn't have grinding i think maybe puzzle games are the best examples because they are they take they have to build on their on a on a what you've learned from previous experiences the best puzzle games at least you know the ones that we we would things like world of goo things like um like Portal, like Portal, you could argue Portal involves one mechanic and uses it a lot, but I think it, every level is a variation. Every level gets you to think. Um, there's always something to be solved, so it never feels repetitive. And there are so many elements in that game, you know, Glados, the atmosphere, uh, that that don't make it feel like a grind. So I, I would, I would, hesitantly put Portal forward, but um, even then, I think games are inherently going to be repetitive at this stage because you're going to have there's only so, much, so many interfaces you can provide for the player, there's only so many things you can let him do, let him or her do you know like a first person shooter you can't then it's very difficult to add in other ways of playing a first person shooter and, and usually when you do they don't feel very <laughs> strong like vehicle sequences and things like that so uh, it's, the, it's the limitations of the medium and technology at this stage which are going to prevent video games from getting out of their repetitive natures I would say
3: uh, you know, I would say that I think it is it is entirely possible to create a game without grind, um, with the caveat being that uh, grind, to me, has kind of a negative uh, association. I know we've talked about different variations of grind in this discussion, but to me, if I'm doing something that's, uh, you know, possibly repetitive, but it doesn't feel repetitive, or it's masked, or it's giving me some kind of reward, then I don't really classify that as a grind. I mean, I, in my mind, I think the notion of having a gameplay mechanic repeated is not necessarily the same thing as a grind. So uh, with that said, I do think that it is possible to have games which maybe repeat the same actions, but in different contexts or in different situations, which kind of negate me giving them the grind label. Um, I think probably any game that was to avoid grind would probably uh, have to be a lot shorter uh, than what the average person would expect. I I think it's probably pretty hard to craft a 60-hour experience and not have any grind whatsoever. Uh, So uh, if you're okay with shorter games and games that are more focused on delivering a set of ideas rather than just a huge chunk of gameplay, I think that's probably very possible. Um, Off the top of my head, I can think of uh, Shadow of the Colossus to me didn't have any grind at all. I mean, there was a set number of uh, enemies to defeat. Each one was fought in a kind of a different way, and once that was done, the game was done. So there was no real opportunity to, you know, kill things for experience or level up. You didn't need money or anything. Um, I also think... uh, my memory may be a little bit spotty, but I think uh, Indigo Prophecy, also known as Fahrenheit over there in the UK, uh, had a ton of story and it wasn't a perfect game. I mean, but to me, it was a fairly bold game uh, in that it told the story and moved everything forward. And there was no real grind there. I mean, everything you were doing was different. Everything moved the plot ahead. And uh, I'm really curious to see if uh, Heavy Rain is gonna continue that uh, trend. But I I do really honestly believe that you can have a good game without any negative grinding.
0: Well, that's something that we all like to see. And speaking of heavy rain, that's going to be our next show topic, isn't it, Sennan?
1: That was like the perfect segue, and we didn't even it plan is. that. <laughs> it
2: wow. better, because it's been mentioned every, every show that I've been on so far. <laughs> you better have a heavy rain show. Okay. Every show, period, Jared. Every show, period. <laughs> red um, sponsored by heavy rain <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: if only all right before we start plugging ourselves uh what really does not sound right thank you very much brad and jared for coming on the show today um, very intriguing discussion and it, i really going to make me think the next time i play borderlands exactly what i'm doing and why i'm doing it which kind of sucks um, jared <laughs> what do you have to tell us about i am um,
2: stoked to to pimp out gamer grave um. Yeah, mm. yeah, I've been working pretty hard on it lately, uh trying to give it a, a, a little bit of a focus. Uh so the the site is really all about uh well, it's it's not about previews and and hype kind of thing. Uh it's more about sort of the what's happening now and culture and current kind of stuff. So um you know, we do a lot of fun stories like um like the the $13,000 uh NES cartridge that sold on eBay. Um, hmm. We do some some hint and, and tip kind of stuff because, let's be honest, people read that crap like crazy. Um, and we try to do some fun features like we had uh, 20, 20 examples of video game graffiti. Um, so, uh, and, and Sinan wrote something for us which is going to be up uh, this week. So that's, uh, that's Gamercrave, Gamercrave.com.
0: And I recommend that you all go to there because I, I caught a sneak peek at Stan's article and it's actually a, a blast. Uh, I don't really want to give anything away about that, but check out Game of uh later this week, I believe, Jared? Yeah, yeah, I'll probably run it either tomorrow or Tuesday. Awesome. Alright, great. Thank you very much for coming on. Bradley, um, GameCritics.com. Tell us about it.
3: GameCritics.com. Uh, we try to offer uh, smart reviews for serious gamers. Uh, we try to avoid the laundry list and nuts and bolts kind of reviews, so uh, sometimes our reviews can be a little bit outside the norm, but I think we do a good job of uh, kind of covering both worlds. The uh, technical is it any good side and also the, hmm, I should probably think about this a little bit side. So we do offer that content. Uh, We also have uh, a wealth of new writers on board who are crafting all kinds of new uh, articles and think pieces for us, so it's a really good time to stop by and check out GameCritics.com if you haven't been there already, and I also do uh, blog quite a bit on my own personal blog, which is Drinking Coffee Cola. Uh, stop by and say hi anytime. I'm always looking for more readers. And if you want to leave a comment, that's great with me, too.
1: That's uh, Drinking Coffee Cola. Isn't that right? Absolutely.
3: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, Game Critics also has a podcast, correct? We do. We do. We do, uh, I think, one every two weeks or so, because we all have uh, families and day jobs and kids and you know life kind of catches up with you but we do the best we <laughs> can and I think we've got a pretty good show I mean obviously uh uh Big Red Potion is something that we don't want to compete with head to head because you guys are you know you guys are Big Red Potion oh, but will if you've got, you you got, <laughs> you got time you got a spare hour or two stop by and check it out
1: we do a show one every two weeks but we're just not bothered that's why we don't do it we're just lazy mm. yeah, that's kind
0: of <laughs> the way it is <laughs> Sinan, before your head hits the pillow, what do you have to tell us
1: about I'm really awake after that discussion. I don't want to go tell. to bed. <laughs> you're, you're really jacked up. That's great. That's yeah. good news.
2: Um, Did you get the raw, uncut Sinan that you were hoping for?
0: We got some good Sinan tonight. I don't know if it was totally uncut, but it was there. I, it tap, was
1: present. I tapped a bit into that house hallucination. Um, yeah. What do what, what, what I want to plug? Um, I got to see uh, Prison Break the Conspiracy on Friday. There was a press conference Ooh. down here in London, and I met Mr. Robert Nepper. Of, uh, mm-hmm. of Prison Break fame of Heroes fame, Pirates of mm-hmm. the Caribbean and he was a delightful poet so uh, I'm going to shout out to him Mr. Robert Neffer. <laughs> you rock sir well done, um, my, my preview is going to be up at Resolution Magazine, uh, otherwise you can find me at com, and you can find us at bigredpotion.com Oh you're the master, that's great
0: and everyone please tune in in two weeks because finally we will stop talking about
1: Heavy Rain, or actually no we let's do a Borderlands one instead actually
0: yeah, I like that idea. Brad, Jared, you guys want to come on? Uh,
1: oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I never get tired of bashing oh. Borderlands. Bring me on.
0: <laughs> that actually sounds like fun now. Um, okay, thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you all and about heavy Rain in two weeks. Good night. Later. Was that your American accent today? No. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh,